Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. Warwick, welcome along to the Master Builders podcast. Good to have you back again. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, and look, uh, I think last time we spoke, we were absolutely bang smack in the middle of lockdown. We're a uh, few weeks out, and I think we can say that we're very lucky compared to many uh, countries in the world. Um, What's been the BCITO experience of lockdown and, and more recently coming out of it? Yeah, no, we went pretty well. We didn't see many sign-ups during that period, which is uh, which is not unexpected. So we're quite a bit behind the same period last year. But, uh, you know, since the announcement of the government schemes around, you know, the apprenticeship boost and the free training, we've just, uh, we've got hundreds and hundreds of people signing in and employers queuing up to get uh, to get access to the scheme, which is great. So, you know, we were hoping for some interventions to support training, and that's exactly what we've got. Mm. And we'll dig into some details about what the recent government announcement has meant and what it will mean for people in the construction industry. Look, for some people that may not be super aware of BCITO, uh, I think you're, you know, you're very well branded, you are well known, but it would be helpful from a CEO's perspective, give us your view on BCITO, what are you about and how many people have you affected to date? Yeah, so um, we're the building and construction industry training organisation, uh, at least for another 12 months probably uh, before the reforms to vocational education kick in, you know, big time for us. Uh, We look after 15 construction trades, about 13,000 active trainees and apprentices. We cover 15 different sectors and we're the largest provider of construction training in New Zealand by a country mile. We've got the largest share of apprenticeships and others. So uh, we're completely focused on construction, whereas some of the other ITOs are a little bit more diverse. Right. And uh, Warwick, yourself, are you a uh, builder by trade? Are you, are you a weekend a weekend tradie? I am experienced with a hammer. I just had a son complete complete his apprenticeship uh, two weeks ago, which is great. I'm actually a value of my profession originally, so I've been in property my whole life, um, been in you know in and around construction my entire life, and uh, yeah, the last probably the last. 10 or 15 years has been, you know, completely construction focused. Right. So you're pretty familiar with which end of the hammer to hold. Uh, definitely. Good man. Good man. Hey, let's talk about the construction industry. Uh, most of our listeners are in that, in that zone. What's been your perspective on how the construction industry is faring post lockdown? Yeah. So we always thought, you know, uh, after the lockdown would be flat out as uh, builders went back to site to finish off the jobs they had on the go. And that would be busy for some time. Everyone's still anticipating a, a slowing down of the construction sector, which we hope we're all wrong, of course. Uh, and that's likely to start to kick in towards the end of the year and next year. And depending on who you're talking to, you'll get a very lumpy and unclear picture. Uh, some firms will be saying, we're fine, we've got plenty of work on. Others will be going, oh, I'm not so sure. But generally, most people are picking it'll shrink a bit, uh, particularly as the you know, the property market shrinks as a result of uh, the effects once the wage subsidy comes off, et cetera. Uh, and as a result, construction will shrink. And most people are thinking, you know, a couple of years, it'll bounce again. But, you know, I think the worst is yet to come, but we're hoping the worst isn't as bad as we all think it might be. Mm. Warwick, much the same. We've got lots of clients in the construction sector and we're getting 
very different views of the world. We've had people at the large con uh, commercial end of construction who are going, we're seeing projects being put on hold or, or cancelled. Uh, at the other end, we're seeing organisations that are doing first home buyer builds, uh, absolutely run off their feet, trying to employ more uh, staff their entire organization to handle sales and query right through to getting more slabs down and getting them built so there was kind of those two ends and then I saw the head of QV this morning talking about actually very little change in the value of property over the the last which came somewhat unexpected and they felt that maybe the returning expats uh, had kind of filled the hole of some of the people that uh, were typically coming in as migrants yeah, so, yeah, yeah. different things happening isn't there so I know David Nagel pretty well from QV, uh, from my valuation days. Uh, and when I was value with general, I've seen these issues before. Uh, property tends to have a lag. There's a new built momentum with, uh, with sales and whatnot that are often, you know, set in place some months earlier. And it's not until, you know, 12 or so months post any shock, maybe even a year in some instances where it starts to really bite. So what we're going through now is pretty typical. Happened in 2008, happened in 97, happened in 87. So uh, I'm not surprised that it is what it is. We uh, will start to see the effects of the lack of activity in the construction market once the wage subsidies come off and firms start to kind of really knuckle down and uh, have to sort of, you know, retrench to hold on. Uh, and until we see confidence in employers, you know, that, uh, that's likely to have the effect kind of before Christmas and next year. I think in every downturn, whether it be this one or ones that we've seen previously, uh, opportunities always present themselves for organisations that are prepared to get out there and make the, make the most of them. And a framework that we've been using and we've seen some other organisations like in New Zealand talk about it was the survive, revive and then thrive. And I think there's going to be some organisations that are not just thinking about managing the cash for this week or this month but actually going, actually, there's going to be some opportunity here. What kind of business, what type of people do I need in my organization to actually grow and develop? So when we do get a change on the other side, that I'm in a really good position to make the most of it. And I'd like to think that many of our construction sector organizations are thinking in that way. So if they are thinking about apprentices, will that apprentice kind of help you with your cash flow in the next uh, week or a few months? No, of course not. But will they, if you start investing potentially with them now, can they help your business be really successful in the medium to long term? I'd imagine that that's definitely one of the uh, strategies people could be considering. That's right. And one of, the, one of the strengths of the New Zealand property market is it's actually a negative on a booming economy, is that we are very built to order. Uh, we basically uh, have a lag uh, effect when it comes to construction. Mar and Paikettel orders a home and off we go and build one, right? We don't have a large spec market that increases during the boom, but we don't have a large oversupply of property through building that other countries have, where they have thousands of vacant new homes sitting around that they can't sell, which causes a significant effect on property values through oversupply. We don't have that. So we never have those huge valuation shocks uh, in sale prices that other countries experience. Notwithstanding, we'll go through a flat period, it might be lower activity, people hunker down and don't trade, but you don't see 20, 30% drops in value like they do overseas. Saw some of it in 2000, around 2000 in some locations, but by and large, we tend to have a lot more of a stable property market because we don't have oversupply. Yep. But we have it at the other end. We have massive capital gain because of a lack of supply. Yes, yep.
Absolutely. Now, the government's uh, announced a couple of initiatives around uh, training training people, trying to retain that talent uh, here, keep people employed. Um, you ought to give us some insights, Warwick, into the, the free apprenticeships and the apprenticeship boost initiatives that have come out. Yeah, so so we we're really delighted with what's come out. We think the uh, the 1.6 billion in the targeted trades training fund and the employer support apprentice boost scheme is one of the best things to come out of governments in many years, particularly for us. And I've listened loud and clear to the issues uh, that we've been saying for some time. And I think, as I said before, we really suffer from a lack of training during a recession. So we really suffer again on the other side of the of the divide without having access to skills. And yes. we know that for every one person that's laid off in construction, four apprentices are laid off. And so during 2008, nine and onwards, we had an 8% shrinkage in our labor force in construction, but a 32% reduction in, in trainee numbers. So with predictions around 10 to 12%, you know, we could be up as high as 45, 50% drop off, and we'll suffer at the other end. So the government has listened to our calls for ensuring we continue to train during the recession and we continue to grow a pipeline of people willing to work and train during that time. They've done it with two initiatives. The first one is free apprenticeships for everybody, no matter what sector you are in. And an apprenticeship is any level four qualification that has 120 credits. So they're open to everybody, hairdressing, whatever it might be, you're in. However, they've also recognised there are a bunch of sectors that need ex extra support, targeted training, of which construction is one, manufacturing and primary is another. So with construction, if you are undertaking a level three qualification or up to a level six or seven qualification, you also get free fees. And so virtually all of the training that we provide, apart from a few on the edges, are subject to free fees, which is fantastic. So 98% of what we do is free fees. That lasts for the entire apprenticeship, and it's not restricted to the first two or three years or so, but that's for the next for the next couple of years, so that's great. Warwick, let me jump in with a question here. Uh, maybe if people are not familiar with training apprentices, and we talk about the fees being free, are they free for the apprentice that is undertaking the training? And are there, are there associated fees for the company in which that apprentice works for? Yeah, so, so basically the government pays about 75% of all fees. It's the 25% contribution that either the employer makes, the apprentice makes, or the apprentice's parents, which in the case of my son was exactly that. So it doesn't really matter. Whoever pays it, it's now free. Fantastic. Uh, and what comes with it is not only the fee, it's any compulsory block courses or other things that you might have to attend as a result of the uh, the program you're in. Great. Okay. So Warwick, tell me, does this also apply to current apprentices? Yep. There's no cutoff date. Uh, if you're in your apprenticeship, you are eligible for free fees right through the program until it expires, uh, you know, in a couple of years. So uh, yep, there's no restriction. Whereas before there were some restrictions in the system, not anymore. Right. And is there some kind of application process? How do you get access to this? Like, it'll, free... it'll, it'll happen automatically. Uh, we've already told people that you'll get um, a refund if you have already paid in advance. And we've got to go through 13,000 of these and work them through. We're stopping all the direct debits and we'll respond to those who have you know overpaid for a week or two. So in the next six, eight weeks or so, everything will be washed up and you will be completely squared away. Outstanding. And what are you hoping this might drive with organisations that have been pondering whether, you know, this is the right time to take on an apprentice or not? Yeah. So what we suffer from, as we know, is not enough firms train. 
And so uh, there's two things that the Free Fees uh, Initiative is targeted at. One is hoping to grow the number of firms willing to train, and if fees was a barrier, then this is one of those things that they can you know, tick off their list and hopefully train. The other is keeping people in the system and encouraging people you know, from school and other sectors to come into construction and train. Again, fees won't be a barrier. And if you lose your job in construction, if you're an apprentice who can't find work, you can't get redeployed to another firm or something, hopefully carrying on with your training because fees, again, won't be a problem. We'll also keep the skill level up. Our challenge is being able to find them work to undertake their practical experience because they continue to do their learning through their books or through the, you know, through remotely, whatever it might be when it comes to their theory. So with those issues removed, hopefully we'll keep more people in the system than we might otherwise have had. And what, is that a role that BCITO fulfills by trying to match apprentices with organisations that are willing to train? Uh, yes, we do. And so we have a matching service. We're also working closely with the politics at the moment to try and create a net, as I said before, to catch them and so that we can complement what's done in the classroom with what we do and hopefully provide that ongoing learning, even if they're not fully employed. Fab. Okay. So we talked about the free apprenticeships. What about the apprenticeship boost? What's that about? Yeah. So Apprenticeship Boost is a uh, is support to employers who take on an apprentice. Now, in order to be eligible for that, you have to have a level four apprenticeship. In other words, you could only be in a level four qualification, you know, within a program of 120 credits. 95% of the people who we deal with meet that criteria, okay? And it's right across all the trades. You need to be in the first or second year of your apprenticeship. So how much you are eligible for and for how long will depend on that criteria. Your anniversary date and your sign-up date are key to that. Now, if you're in your first year of an apprenticeship, the employer can get $1,000 a month for that apprentice. And if the apprentice is in the second year of their apprenticeship, they can get $500 a month for that second year. The scheme runs for 20 months. It starts on the 1st of August, and runs for 20 months. So the most someone can earn is 16,000 in an apprenticeship. $1,000 a month for the first year, and then $500 a month for the next eight months. So that adds up to 16,000. So if you're halfway through year one, you will get six months of year one, and you'll, you'll get the balance for year two. Got it. So, so whatever your anniversary is, whenever you sign up, will determine whether or not uh, you get all of it or part of it or whatever it might be. The process will be paid through MSD, and they're still working through the process at the moment, setting up the website so that an, an employer can go on and um, seek funding for their apprenticeship. It will be linked to us and others to make sure that they're genuine and there'll be other protections in place to make sure that that's the case. Now, when we talked to government about this, there were a bunch of things that we said they needed to put in place, which they didn't do last time with the head of small system. One, we didn't want the system to be abused. The money needed to follow the apprentice and the apprentice needs to genuinely progress in their apprenticeship. It's not a wage subsidy and drag. Right. So we have to behave properly here because if we abuse this and construction doesn't come to the party and do the right thing, we'll never see it again. And sure. we'll only have ourselves to blame. Mm -hmm. So the apprentice is paid uh, monthly and they have to show progress in their learning. And if that's not the case, the money will stop. If the apprentice loses their role, loses their job, and goes to another firm, 
then the money follows the apprentice and that new firm will be eligible for the balance. Okay. There also isn't an upfront payment of the lot because what will happen is firms will take that money, not spend it on the apprentice, and potentially all that money is wasted. In a way, it's managed in a way to hopefully drive the best behaviours. And so there are a couple of things that are really important. The other thing that's important is we need to get this message out as far and wide as we can so we can spread the load um, of firms that are prepared to train. Because as we said before, if one firm hasn't got enough work, then they're not going to have the apprentice anyway because there's no work to do. So we need to spread the work and spread the, you know, the, uh, the training more widely because the work's going to be thinner on the ground. And so if we get more firms training, not only with this with the support package, but with free fees, then we can keep up our numbers. Uh, and that's a really critical response for us. Because I've spoken to both the Prime Minister and the Minister of Education about this. If this works, it's a model for next time. Brilliant. If it doesn't work, we're back to square one. So we have to really step up to the plate and do the right thing as a sector. Mm. And I think that sector is across the board, right? So it's yourselves as the industry training organisation. It's the likes of master builders who can support getting the word out and, and uh, supporting their members. It's the construction company owners who... Uh, shall I say, have been quick to complain about the availability of apprentices and skilled staff. Well, this is our chance to step up and do it at a lower cost. And fantastic for those, those people that are looking to develop a trade and get a formal qualification and you know, maybe the lead on and become their own construction company owner at some point in the future. But this is a great stepping stone and, and uh, having so many of those barriers removed uh, to be able to get involved is just brilliant. So yeah, I, I see where their responsibility sits, but great initiatives. It, it, it's right across the board, eh? And, um, you know, we've been handed the gauntlet and we've got a run of it, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure we're up to it and some will game it, some will abuse it, but hopefully uh, they're few and far between. And so we're about to develop a, a, a kind of a communication strategy and use all of the links that we possibly can to get the message out there, including mm -hmm. master builders, suppliers and others, because we, what we want to do is to tap into those firms that don't normally train, the ones we don't normally reach, you know, and there's 65,000 construction firms out there and we only deal with, you know, six or 7,000 at any one time. Mm -hmm. So if we can double that number, yes. then we've got a long way towards what we've been looking for, you know, all these years. Absolutely. So Warwick, if uh, people are listening to this and going, hey, look, sounds great, I want to be involved, regardless of whether they're a potential apprentice or a uh, organisation that would have the apprentice, what's the best way for them to try and stay up to date and access info? Yeah, touch base with us. We've got all the stuff on our website. We'll keep it up to date as much as we can. Uh, if you're looking for an apprentice, we have plenty on our books looking to, you know, to sign up. We can match you up. And if you want to know more about the, uh, about the Apprentice Boost Scheme, MSD will have their site live shortly. Uh, and there'll be more information available through there. And I assume that you'll have a direct link from the BCI, BCITO website across the MSD once that's live? Yep, absolutely. And yep. we're, we're going to provide regular updates and communicate throughout the whole process over the next year or two just to keep people informed. It's not a one-off hit. It's a, you know, it's a continuous message that we need to get out there. Yeah, fantastic. And look, I'm just such a, a fan of these types of initiatives. They seem, uh, you know, let's not forget that this is using taxpayers' money here but the opportunity to develop people in a sector where we need more resource, we need more skilled people, it feels like great use of tax dollars. And uh, thank you and, and the team at BCITO for helping us bring this together. It's, it's great work.
Yes, it, it's been a. I mean, it's been a long run. Uh, it's been a long run uh, lobbying uh, process, uh, and it goes back before my time. But it's just great that the you know this government said, "Look, we we agree with you." Um, there's still a lot of work to do with the polytech, so we get the interface working well. Because you know, even if people come in to the polytech system as students, we want them to be in there long enough so they can get a job. And if they can't get a job, they can continue to progress and genuinely come out with skills that the sector values um, and they're not something that's uh, uh, that's kind of discarded by the sector, which in some cases has happened. So that's also a good piece of work. And that's where this new NZIST, you know, reform system will helpfully, uh, you know, improve those, uh, those interfaces. Spot on. Um, any closing comments, Warwick? No, I, th I think I think that's it. Uh, spread the word. Uh, if you want any more information, let me know. For all the master builders out there, you know, talk to your subbies about this. Talk to everybody that you're involved in to make sure that they're on board, uh, because it's really the opportunity to help ourselves here. Uh, and if we can do it, we've got a permanent model for the future, which is what we which is what we need. Great. And we'll also make sure the links back to the appropriate uh, pages on the BCITO, BCITO website are in the uh, show notes for the podcast. So Warwick, thanks for joining us. A fantastic initiative. It seems like a really positive approach to helping the construction industry and keeping more of our young people employed. Indeed. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Warwick. Appreciate you joining us. No problem. Anytime.